0: I think ultimately
1: what it came down to was proving myself that it's like I can, I can go back to school, I can support myself, and I can do all of these things, and I could do it for myself. That's, amazing. That's a scary lesson in your twenties. Oh, 20s. absolutely, oh, I know. absolutely, yeah. For everyone. And then after that, Aaron and I, I wiggled my way in there as hard as I possibly could. You know, if, if Aaron <laughs> needed something, I was there. If there was a class, and like let me in. Yeah, I just, I literally mm-hmm. forced my little path into the hair nerds. Like whatever you need, I will do it.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm David Bosher.
3: And I'm Sid Cherise.
2: And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast,
3: where we teach you to salon differently.
2: Sid, do you still wash your hair?
3: Not since I've been using New Wash. No need for conditioners, masks, or post wash detanglers.
2: Are you talking about the non toxic detergent free shampoo and conditioner replacement by Hair Story?
3: Yes, and all of our listeners can get a free pouch of new wash. Visit hairstory.com slash DTH.
2: I'm already typing it in.
3: I just got a new customized booking website and a free e-reader. That's genius. Yeah, gloss genius. They also help me transfer all of my clients over from my old booking software to theirs for free.
2: That's amazing customer service. And the best part, DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as their very own credit card reader, which is usually an $80 value.
3: To sign up, visit dth.gossgenius.com.
2: Sid, I love your denim look today via zoom
3: lesbian chic over here that's what I'm going for (laughs) it's called I have workout clothes under this and we're on zoom and I wanted to look professional so I put a denim shirt on
2: (laughs) you also (laughs) got the new Dyson curling iron situation and I'm seeing the effects of that now
3: I did I love it I wanted it more it's more, it's made for consumers and my girlfriend struggles with doing her hair, shockingly, even though I am a hairdresser, I don't always have time to do it. So I was like, let's get this because I can use it and it'll be simple for you so that you can blow dry your hair and actually like brush it and not wear it up all the time.
2: Oh, you, so that's far, how you so always good. get what you want mm-hmm. is by telling I'm like, her it's for you too.
3: She's not <laughs> going to use it. I guarantee it. I'm going to use it all the time. So, but that was my trick. I wish we had a Dyson ad,
2: but we don't. Mm-mm. It's not an ad One for Dyson, day. but. I really want we to have play all the Dyson products though. So <laughs> we could nerd out <laughs> Even about the products, vacuum cleaners, <laughs> but I think we should nerd out about hair. What do you think?
3: I am so into that. And this is our first foursome show.
2: We have a foursome today. Yeah.
3: With
2: Aaron and Annie. From the hair nerds, they are with us today, and we are ready to nerd out with them. Welcome both of you
3: welcome, thanks, thank you I'm so excited about this because I feel like you guys have been in the industry forever. I feel like as long as i've known social media i've seen your name bouncing around for a long time, and so I'm so excited that we've made relationships. We actually met last summer before the world blew up, mm-hmm. or was it no yeah, it was last yeah. summer, but then i had my dog died so was a whole uh, shit show, but <laughs> I'm so excited that we're finally able to like connect and like get to know you. And I think we really want our listeners to love you as much as we do. So.
2: So let's start with Aaron. Aaron, tell us, you're kind of the founder of the hair nerds, right? It really started. You're the brainchild of this whole thing. Correct.
3: I want to know the thought process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was working at a hair school and just kind of living my best like with hair baby students life and went to Wella Trend Vision, the second annual one. The first time they'd done it like offsite, and was with a couple of other friends. They were serving a lot of champagne <laughs> and we were having a great time and feeling like really inspired. And we thought we were really funny on the Facebook at the time. When Facebook was popping... When Facebook was like it, like this is like right after MySpace, Facebook was in, (laughs) I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the happening. So we thought, you know what, like, let's, we need to put this on the internet because we were going on all of these like hair ventures. And so we did. So we came home and I built a website. I built it live. Like I did all of the things that I would tell people to never do. I built it live. And then it started to like gain traction, but we, I didn't even have a logo done yet. And at the time, Annie was a student in school. She was one of my students in school and she was like that student who was like so down for everything like you know you were like hey roll. we're gonna go to the show it's 3 a.m like we gotta go now and she was like I'm in let's go and she was also like that student who she was putting herself through school and so she was like it wasn't dad's money like she was paying for it herself to like go to stuff and so it's like I think that she had this huge level of commitment and so she graduated from school and things happened with the other girls that I had started it with and They kind of went into new paths, and and Annie jumped right in, and we have been traveling this little hair world since.
2: When I was younger, on Facebook, I remember seeing hair nerds everywhere, and what you were doing at the time was really just what I remember was there was a lot of blogs, a lot of images, a lot of going to shows, going to classes. That was what I thought of the hair nerds. That's really what I remember. That's what I
3: remember seeing.
2: And what was your experience doing that? Because mm-hmm. I actually, Erin, you aren't a hairdresser.
0: Bum, bum, bum. I am not. I, I play a hairdresser <laughs> it's so on the interesting.
2: internet. I know no, it's <laughs> so interesting. So <laughs> Don't I guess look behind the how did you get into going to classes and all that? <laughs> Especially, I think people are probably interested in why would you, as a non-hairdresser, be so interested in this world? It's really Hair? fascinating. You have a partner mm-hmm. Annie here who is a hairdresser. That makes sense. That part makes sense. So (laughs) how did that get all? How did you get wrapped up in all of that? Right.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to be a hairdresser, you know, as a teenager and grew up in the South with like very traditional parents. I got a full ride for college and my parents were like, no, like it's that classic, like you're going to get a real job. You're going to have a real career. Like, you know, you're going to go not dead. Yeah, totally. So I, so I went to school and got this like crazy education i have a degree in marketing and journalism and immediately took a job as a salon receptionist when i graduated and so my parents were like thrilled i'm like suddenly the black sheep of the family and i just really was so committed to the fact that like i wanted to be a part of this industry right and so like i kind of did my thing and i had kids and um then I started working at a hair school in Utah called Taylor Andrews Academy of Hair. And the owner there is so passionate. And the students there were like, they were learning with Nicholas French. They were shooting their That's Naha cool. with the back. And Larry just brought in so many amazing people that it just really reinforced. This is 100% what I love. And I want to do it
3: mm-hmm.
0: in a more meaningful way. And moved to California after and the hair nurture started really a year after I moved. And so I spent all of that time, you know, at Taylor Andrews kind of like prepping and like being super nerdy with them. And then when I was gone, I missed that. Because the school that I was at, like I was bringing people in, but it just, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't that same passion and I wanted their students there to really experience that. And so we built this advanced education program and then it was just like taking kids like, Hey, like, let's go to issc
3: mm-hmm. You know, they've never been to i s s c before. You were creating like this little mini community. Yeah, and, baby like, hair nerd.
0: Totally. And so yeah. the ones that were into it, like got super into it. And, you know, this life right. is not for everybody, <laughs> right? Like, not everybody loves Naha. Not everybody's like, hey, kids, you know, sorry, we're going to miss your birthday because we're going <laughs> to a hair show. But but that's 100% like where my passion is. And so even though I don't physically do hair, it felt like a way to create a niche right? That I could live in and still get to be with like my favorite people in the whole world. I'm traveling with my best friend and Annie's taking classes, but I love to go to Sassoon Academy. I love to spend the day with Nick Burardi shooting. I love to see Sally Rogerson on stage. Like I love it, even though I can't use it in practical application.
2: It's so funny because I think a lot of hairdressers don't even know who everyone is anymore, right. but you have mm-hmm. this really Deep knowledge of who everyone is, which is really cool. And
3: more so than the people that are licensed, like in the in industry,
2: but love it.
3: Super
0: nerd, so,
2: right? How did you meet Annie? How did Annie come into the hair nerd community?
0: Yeah. Um, so Annie was one of my students. At school and like I said like she just was super like she wanted to experience everything she wanted to go to all of the shows but she also has this background in photography and graphic design so it's an that obvious helps. choice for us right <laughs> because together Annie and I complement each other so well and she really brings like the creative and the eye of the hairdresser to the hair and arts.
3: so good to have that balance though
2: Annie, when you um, started working with the hair nerds, what were you, what excited you about the mission and the ideas behind it?
1: I think for me, the biggest thing was kind of with my journey. I started school originally out of high school, going to college, you know, getting a real job with like graphic design and those kind of things because... You did
2: air quotes yeah. just for everyone. quotes.
1: Because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, like that's what we're all like when we grow up. We're all told, you know, you have to do this thing. And that's never really fit with like my personal brand. So I pushed against that really hard and wanted to do what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was something within the field of art, using my hands, using my creativity, being able to. Just live a life that I really got to make myself on my own precedence. And for me, that was going to beauty school. And so I went to like regular college for a little bit. It just was not my thing. My parents were not happy about that. So I paid for beauty school myself when I was about 20. That was the punishment. You got to pay for it yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I went because I couldn't afford to be a full blown cosmetologist. I could afford to become an esthetician, so I did that. And then about eight years later, I was able to financially support myself and go back to school to be a hairdresser because that's ultimately what I really wanted. I wanted to be on that salon floor. I wanted that energy, that that fun that comes from like being behind the chair. And working with clients that not in that like relaxing spot environment, I wanted to be mm-hmm. a hairdresser.
2: You wanted the music to be up a little exactly. bit Exactly. You
1: know, it's more of a party. <laughs> and when I went back to school for cosmetology, I kind of realized that being behind the chair was not ultimately what I wanted. What I really wanted to do was encompass everything that I loved, which was photography, graphic design, travel, Education, education has always been my number one. I always want to push myself to learn more every single day. And I want to be able to share that with others and help others, like show others that you can do it as well. And so when I met Erin when I was going back to school for cosmetology, she kind of opened my eyes to the fact that it's like, you don't have to stand behind a chair all day. If you want to do all of these other things in the industry. Then you can, you know, you just, it's hard. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time and money and being away from friends and family because you're traveling a lot. And. I was like, yes, that is everything that I want to do. You're like,
2: get me away from all of <laughs> <understand> that. I <laughs> so,
1: I just like, I made sure that I just was, I did everything while I was in school. I entered every competition, whether it fit me or not, because it pushed me to do something that was different and to show myself that I could do it. Even if I didn't do a great job at it, I still did it.
3: Did you feel like you were playing catch up though, because you had taken so much time away from your ultimate goal?
1: It did definitely, and I think there's a lot that happened in my 20s that I was fighting against, and a lot of like self sabotage and people telling you can't do it. And I think ultimately, what it came down to was proving myself that it's like I can, I can go back to school, I can support myself, and I can do all of these things, and I could do it for myself.
2: That's That's a scary lesson in your 20s. Oh, absolutely! I know, absolutely, everyone.
1: And then after that, Aaron and I, I wiggled my way in there as hard as I possibly could. You know, if if Aaron (laughs) needed something, I was there. If there was a class and And like, let me in. Yeah. I just, I literally Mm -hmm. forced my little path into the hair nerds, like, whatever you need, I will do it. Like, and I was working full time in a salon and I was doing whatever I could do to help Aaron and go to events and help her on that journey. There was no sleep (laughs) for a long
3: time. Oh my gosh. David, do you remember (laughs) not sleeping? We needed. 2020 was like, we were about to be burnt out. Yeah. Like, right. 2020
2: yeah. is where I got my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah
0: exactly. well, you're, You get so used to doing 3 a.m. nights and yeah. then getting up at six, you know, and on you're on like the next surviving city. on this weird level of exhaustion. Yeah.
2: Yep. yeah. And so when someone goes to the Hair Nerds website and they're looking to see how they kind of become part of your Hair Nerd family, what does that look like? Like, what are they gonna? What do they expect when they go there? What are they gonna see? What are they gonna be part of? What's in it for them to go?
0: Yeah, I mean, what we've really tried to build is because not everybody spends their weekends traveling from place to place and taking a hundred different classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of tried to build a place where you get this kind of like fly on the wall experience of shows or competitions or classes, and also we take a lot of classes. And we only post some of them, you know, because not not every class is incredible, right? Mm -hmm. So we want people like, hey, this is worth the 600 bucks, you know, or this is worth $300 if you just want to go take pictures with influencers.
3: Yeah.
0: That's your jam. But so we want people to feel like, like every day is that first day of hair school where you're like opening up, you know, your kit and like, you're looking at your perm rods and you're so excited.
2: That's not how I felt when I was looking at my perm rods. (laughs)
1: Like, For what, me, it was me? more of an anxiety, <laughs>
2: anxiety ridden feeling. <laughs> but when I got to play with the razor and the shears mm-hmm. and all that, yes, I know that. I remember that feeling very well.
0: Totally. A way to recapture the excitement. It's really easy to get bogged down in the monotony of every day. It's really easy to feel like, oh my God, you know, I have 13 haircuts and I also have to like post 20 pictures and
3: we have more in our job description now. It's not just doing right. hair. Mm-hmm. No.
0: Yeah. You can't just do hair anymore, right? Like now you have to have a full social strategy. Like there's so many things that you're doing. And are you taking Sassoon classes on the weekend? And so it's just kind of a place to like come fill your cup, you know, Yeah. and like love it again. Love the industry for all of the things that it can bring you. Not just money behind the chair, but but that community and to learn the people that I think the legends that yeah. maybe not everybody
2: knows or is taught in school, right? Yeah, we don't have a strong history. You should do a, the Hair Nerds History course.
0: We have some of that mm. on our Ooh. on our site for sure. So, yeah. I love yeah. that. A little heritage.
2: A little heritage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See
0: what we Ooh. did there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
2: so cute. So, I'd love to hear more from both of you on you've gone to all the events, you've taken all the classes, you've done all the you things. You know all the peeps. You know, all the people, right? what are some of the best stories that you have? Because I know if you want to give people a glimpse, we know that there's those insider, lovely stories, maybe not all of them you can share, but what are some that you can share with us? Your favorites from traveling, from meeting people, that moment that you just like, you can't believe it happened. I have one. Do you have one?
1: I have one. Oh, Annie. Co- yeah. It's, Aaron and I <laughs> talk about it a lot because it's definitely one of many of my favorite memories. But a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to, we'll call it a vacation, if you will. Uh, mm. I was able to go on a little mini vacay with Eden Sassoon, and we went uh, down to Mexico, uh, and we got to stay in a beautiful home up in the hills overlooking the ocean. And Eden and I were able to have a quiet moment together, and we were sitting and talking about her dad, and the house that we were staying in was the house that he. His, I believe it was his last birthday, or it was the last time that they all went on vacation together as a family. Was the same house that we were in, and before he passed away, was like the last place that he mm-hmm. got to go and wow, like spend with so everyone. Wow. And for me, being like the little hair nerd that I am, it was really special to be able to experience that not only with his daughter, but to be able to talk about him. And I unfortunately never got to meet him, but. I got to know like a lot of people that have been around him. And so that was truly a very special moment in my life to be able to say that I got to stay at the place that he kind of, you know, spent his last vacation at. That's
2: Mm -hmm. so cool. Those moments are like you never forget
1: them. I know. Same. Wow. Yeah, I
0: think we've had a lot of quiet moments with Eden. And I think that when she talks about her dad, those are always like really powerful just because
3: just shut up and listen you connect on that like
0: human level right i would say that like for me (laughs) a memory that sticks out that's like mildly mortifying um (laughs) is annie and i were at ISSC in long beach and you know how you're always like oh i'm just gonna break in these new doc martens at at the long beach convention center like that's a great idea Um, so i had this like
2: (laughs) that sounds a lot like my business partner Sid. (laughs) yeah
3: I always you always think you can do it like these are gonna be yeah you're like, I got to cooperate right
2: yeah, I've been us.
0: wearing these my whole life so I'm fine yeah so I wasn't and we like left we like left the event and went to DSW and like bought new shoes I was like
3: you were like <laughs> leave them on the street I don't even care
2: you're like at this point Crocs will do
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally Crocs are in. Cracks are in now,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, this is what my sixteen-year-old says. So we walk back in, and we're like going through the Hyatt bar, like just trying to get to our room. We have bags our of shoes, by the way.
1: We did not buy just a single right, pair. I'm we had bags, okay? Because you don't well, want to make the I same
3: mistake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if it also I don't again? need to call out? <laughs> and you need to like change your
2: outfits now. You need all new shoes for your outfits and all new clothes. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
0: absolutely. So we're walking through the Hyatt bar, and I've got the DSW bag, and our friend Lisa boughts. Stops us. And she's talking to Tabitha coffee. We're like, Oh, hi. I don't know that we had like ever officially met Tabitha at that point. And she's like, Oh, what's, what's in your bag. And I'm like, "Ah," because I picked. (laughs) 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 They're like, Dr. Scholl's like wedge booties, right? So i <laughs> playing around, like really that. insistent. Yeah, she's like really insistent. I'm like, um, they're just like nana heels, you know. Um,
2: <laughs> I feel like Talitha would out. have would also have a pair of those.
0: I hope so. She's so stylish and so amazing, though, that I'm like, <laughs> I just like imagine her like bouncing around in like Louboutins. And so yeah, so I like pull out my box of like Dr. Scholl's like orthotic little. Wedges, and I'm like, here they are. So we're just gonna like die now and slink back to the hotel room. So that was my very glamorous introduction to Tabitha Coffee.
3: Gosh, I met Tabitha once, and it was at a huge gay bar in Florida, and it was like on her first book tour, and that's where she had it. And like, it was insane. Like, it was just like a huge dance party, and she was just hanging out, talking to everybody. It was great. Yeah. In the life See, that's way cooler. That's a way cooler story
0: <laughs> than like after I hit At Nana heels. Yeah, Nana heels and the DSW, and I'm I'm sure I used a coupon. So
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you may have gotten a pair free with the amount that you both bought. <laughs> <laughs> there were two cool pairs. Mm-hmm. Um. So what is the? I always like to ask when someone has a brand that we know. What's the future of the hair nerds? What's to come? Where's what's it going? Next? Where is it going and what can people expect?
1: I definitely think that the pandemic, the year of 2020 (laughs) itself forced us to change. We had a lot of things in plan. 2020, literally, and I think everyone can relate to this, like 2020 starting off was going to be our year. Like we had so many incredible things (laughs) and and it it really though was the one year that Aaron and I were both like, this is it. Everything that we have worked towards, like is all coming alive. Like it's all happening. And almost a little nervous about it. Right. Like, can we keep up with all Mm -hmm, of this? mm -hmm. And things were just, I mean, they were looking bright, bright, bright. And then pandemic hit everything stopped every you know we had to cancel everything that we were doing and so i think it forced us to really like okay how how can we take all of this like amazing momentum and change it and it really shifted us i think into the correct direction of where our brand truly is meant to go and to grow and it forced us to go from a fully functioning alternative media site and company and Take all of these things that we love of all of this other stuff that we do, working with students, working with, you know, helping people build brands and having them understand things that they don't understand when it comes to their social media and stuff, but in a way that's like truly authentic and not cookie cutter because no one's business is cookie cutter like that. And so it's allowed us to really put in place some things that we get to do what we truly, truly enjoy. For me, I truly enjoy the travel. So I'm having a little bit of a rough time, but Erin definitely enjoys all this, get to stay at home and and work with people and stuff. I'm living
0: my best life. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: She's for sure living her best life. (laughs) And we get to work with clients now and we get to work with brands that we absolutely love. And some of our clients have now become literally our best friends. And we love talking to them and and have non-work calls with them just because we want to. And... Mm-hmm. And I think it forced us to shift into almost like a little boutique consulting company in a sense now. So mm-hmm. That's yeah, great. we're still, you know, from the front of our business is is our alternative media company. And, and on the back end is now working with clients and consulting and brand building and social media management. And yeah. It's our business and, mullet. Yep.
2: And you, your business mullet. <laughs> yes. Business in the front, <laughs> mm-hmm. party in exactly, the back. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have... A special little gift for our listeners. First of all, you're offering something really interesting, but where do they go? What do they get? How do they get in contact with you? And what is it?
0: Yeah, so we've put together what we call our mini management for salons, for independent educators, for even just independent stylists. And it's really this kind of like hybrid management system for your social. Or someone who is doing incredible haircuts and colors behind the chair and they can snap a picture, but putting it into the internet is More too much right after that. Exactly. Like where do I go from like I do beautiful hair, I don't want to do social media. And we understand that. And so we we take this kind of hands-on approach with people and really walk through and build a strategy for them specifically with their goals in mind, and then we help them execute it. So all they're really responsible to do is continue to be an amazing hairdresser or an amazing educator or whatever it is that they're doing that's amazing.
3: And we help them highlight it. Which creates so much ease for someone like, you know, there's so much anxiety with social media. So to know that they can sign up for a program that is focused just on the thing that is stressing them out is incredible and is it just you two helping them or do you have a team of people that just us. Us? that's just us it's amazing. literally
0: like when you work with us and that's why we limit the number of clients that we work with but when you're working with us it's not like you know it's not girls that we're paying like it's us mm-hmm. like we're we're writing your captions we're inputting it
2: writing your captions that's worth that's worth all everybody the money everybody sign
3: up <laughs> that's the hardest part of social media. So
0: mm-hmm. to
2: find you and to connect with you, where do our lovely listeners go?
0: Yeah. So it'll be com the mm-hmm. slash DTH.
2: Great. That's thehairnerds.com. Mm-hmm.
0: Thehairnerds.
2: Slash DTH. Perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: And how long mm-hmm. is the program? We do six month minimums with people just to really get them going. You know, and then at that point, if they're ready to graduate, and they're like, "I suddenly love social media, and I just want to do it all the time, all by myself." Like, yes, do it. You've got a great, you've got a great feed. (laughs) Like, you've got a great community now. Like, go for it. We are going to cheer
2: you on the whole way. So, but they can stay with you longer than that because I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are like, "We can die together." To Mm -hmm. you, we can die together. Yeah, we're going to the end. People who
0: are like that, who are just like, "Cool, so like, we're in this for life now," you know? Right. And they become a part of our family.
2: Well, there's a lot of Instagram strategists out there. Mm -hmm. But when you don't have someone that gets the salon industry, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot.
3: I'm like, this caption doesn't make sense for me. (laughs)
0: Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of information out there, right? Like there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. But I think it's just knowing what you're really willing to do. Because if you're not really willing to do social media then it might be time to like find somebody or find some help, you know, like Absolutely. you can take all the $197 courses you want in the world. You could probably teach it yourself, but you have to sometimes yeah, you just need but help. Can you implement it? And it's like, sometimes I think you just need a little handholding, right? I think we all need a little handholding.
2: That's funny. <laughs> that's like, that's totally the online mm-hmm. class. That's the price. number. Right. Mm-hmm. 197 <laughs> I wonder <laughs> but if it's like comes from.
0: Yeah, it's like a $1,000 value, you know? So, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So when they go to that website, mm-hmm. www.thehairnerds.com DTH, they will get a free strategy call with you. And what can they yeah. expect when they have that call?
0: Yeah, so what we really talk about is where they are right now, where they want to be, and the steps to get there. And also, are you willing to put together some video for reels. Are you not, right. you know, like getting really honest with yourself. And I think that that's like the first step, that's the first step to social media. Like just getting really, really honest with yourself. Like how much you're really willing to put into it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if the answer is not a whole hell of a lot. Okay. I mean, if you just want to post pictures of blonde hair all day long from the back of the head, you can create a strategy around that. Right. You're not going to see the growth that you want. And it may take a lot longer to achieve your results. And you may never achieve them if you like want to be at a much different level. But I think it's just getting really clear. Getting really clear with yourself about what you actually want and what you're actually willing to put into it.
2: If you were to give some of our listeners some tips for their social media, for managing and you know, taking control, what are some of the things that you would suggest that they do? Because I think, yes, I'm sure people listening are like, I need to call them. I need to sign, I need to get this strategy call. I need to do this. But what's something that people could take away that, you know, you and Annie use maybe to kind of keep things going? What can they use at home to keep things going?
0: Yeah, I'll give you a couple of things and I'll let Annie, because Annie is my brilliant creative mind, right? So one of the things that I struggle with the most is being forward-facing on our Instagram. I don't love like my face and person on on the gram, but people respond to it. And I think that that's like one of the things you always have to know is that people are on your page to see you,
3: people love you. Like
0: that's the reason that they're there and
3: video. No one loves to do it, but it's so beneficial to do it. No,
0: no one loves to do it. It's terrible, right? But video, I mean, I think that like if 2021 had a tagline, like it would be like, post more video, post more video, do the reels, do like video, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be 14 and you don't have to like do the dance. Right. But find (laughs) find ways (laughs) you can, if dancing is part of your brand, find things that are authentic to you and a way to present your messaging in video that will connect with your audience.
2: I love that. I think, I mean, video is tough to do. And I have struggled with being forward-facing as well. Naturally, I would rather just like post and promote other things.
3: Mm-hmm. I drag him into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you,
2: Sid and I have definitely found that the more we post ourselves, the more our brand grows, everything grows. It's the hardest thing.
3: It is. Yeah.
2: It really is. And video. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm getting better and better. But the at
3: results it. are so like, I think that's where we, <laughs> we stay like with that. Night and day clear mm-hmm. mind is because after being so uncomfortable, like the aftermath, the reward is so great. And so getting to connect with people on a different level and showing some vulnerability is so it's worth it. And so it's like as painful as it is for us, it's like, I'll never stop doing it. And yeah, I think it's great what you guys are doing. I think the one thing people need is clarity and they're lacking it. And to have something that is focused on something that's going to build
2: their profit is so great. Great. And Annie, what is some advice you would give to our listeners?
1: For me, I think it kind of piggybacks off of what Aaron said about the video. But what a lot of people I think are stuck in is the fact that, especially with Instagram in particular, is it's used as a portfolio for a lot of people. So they show their work. And I think what is happening for the future of social media is that you need to have your personality on there as well. So showing your face, being on video, doing some stuff, talking to your audience, not at them. And 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 being present is really not only what the algorithm wants, but that's what most audiences are looking for. And so a lot of people are so comfortable just posting their work, posting their salon, posting their education, posting products. We forget to post ourselves. And... I think what we have to remember is that we are the storytellers of our brand. And if you are not there to be the narrator, the story isn't really being told. And that's what everybody wants nowadays, is that they want to feel a part of a story and they want to connect to somebody. And you have to be present in your own brand to be able to do that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I cannot great. tell you how bored I am of seeing hair and yeah. I want to see photos. people, <laughs> I want to connect. I am so bored. <laughs> and sometimes you go to an instagram page and it's just all hair and it's like you're not going to look at that you know and if you are you're scrolling through to like see where their face is or where their dog is and i think we've told everyone that too that you know has listened to any of our clubhouses or our talks or anything it's like out there and show your beautiful faces and your personality is like like you said personality Mm -hmm. is the biggest sale. And even as hairdressers, I know really bad hairdressers mm-hmm. who have really great personalities. They fuck up a lot of hair, but mm-hmm. they make tons yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. Like hand over fist, lots of money. Mm-hmm. And they have all this retention. So I think that's really amazing and, and really good advice. But I'm excited for our listeners to go to the website and get a call with you because I think taking on social strategy with hairdressers and salon owners is never going to go away. Mm-mm. And now is the time to get on board because I think we're right at the precipice of where like everyone needs to be on social in a way that maybe before we could get away with not doing it. I
0: don't
2: think we're there anymore. No. Mm -mm. I don't think we can get away with it anymore.
0: You could. You could you could absolutely like build a hundred thousand follower page with with a lot of balayage from from behind. I mean, we know lots of people who have done that and who've done it really successfully and turned it into other things, you know? I think like my one last thing would be to not get caught up in vanity numbers in the Mm -hmm. follows. Like, I don't care if you have 300,000 followers if they aren't paying clients, if they aren't buying into what you're doing, you know, and clicking your links. And I think you have to know why you're doing social, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's really easy to get caught in that comparison trap. And yeah. so I think when you understand the numbers, right, and how they're actually helping you and what you're really looking for, well, then even if a post only got 30 or 40 likes, but you had four or five visits to your website or somebody hit the book button or they looked at, at the map for your salon, well, then you know that what you're doing is meeting its
2: purpose. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: I'm excited.
3: I'm so excited. what's the link one more time for everybody listening? Thehairnerds.com backslash forward slash
2: the And if
1: they want to find you on Instagram, uh, the hair nerds on all platforms, I believe.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being here. We would love to have you on again. I think next time we'll add some drinks and we'll talk about all the stories that I know both of you yes. have. Cause you shared two after really dark. great ones. <laughs> the hair nerds after dark for sure. But Thank you you just so do much it for on a normal here. friday
3: night yes exactly <laughs> I love it.
2: tuesday morning whatever <laughs> that'll be the clubhouse talk right that's scary
3: yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> but thank you both for being here we are so excited to share this with our listeners and hopefully we will talk to you very yes, soon thank
3: you guys thanks bye. bye next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast There's better systems out there They're already happening My favorite thing is Having not only a touchless But a cashless salon And we have a few salons like that That we work with Um, We're trying to get everybody on board But you know We have a lot of work to do
2: Yeah with DTH and getting everybody. Well, the cashless online. thing, people get nervous because they're like, "What about all the credit card fees?" Um, that's like saying, oh my well, "What God. about the taxes?" Like, it's you like pay I
3: them. would rather pay the six dollar credit card fee than take someone's dirty ass cash <laughs> and get grown up. Like, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs>